Brothers and sisters, it's time for Angel Repair Juice. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Angel Repair Juice. My name is Henry Vaughn. And my name is Matthew Pancake. And Henry, are you okay today? You don't sound like you yourself. Well, I I was trying to uh, channel the the Bee Gees there, but uh, I... That that wasn't the Bee Gees. That's a J-pop song. Oh, well, um, yeah, I know. I was was channeling the Bee Gees. You were channeling the Bee Gees. (laughs) Yeah. Channeling. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll let that drop, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just, you know, it's like it was never said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the pietism going on. See, I've got a little pietism dial right here. What I what it is, is on one side, there's piety. On the other side, there's pietism. If it's pious, you know, I turn the dial this way. But if I want more pietism, I just turn it and turn it. And just now, it was on 11. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'll turn it back down to one, yes, so that okay. we can so that we can be normal. No, seriously, you don't sound like you're quite yourself this week. Did we wear you out last week? Well, no, but I I have a confession, Matthew. Yes, my child. I um didn't go to mass today. You didn't. No, I I woke up and was feeling sick and. I didn't want to get out of bed, so I thought to myself, I don't want to uh, transmit the illness that I have to any of the poor elderly folk that go to my church, so for the sake of the common good, I will stay here and... Are you certain that... Um, yeah. Are you certain that you didn't just want to stay in bed, my son? I'm going to go with the pious about the common good. Is that your final answer? How many, yes, that's my final answer. How many Hail Marys do you think you should do for this? I don't know, but I prayed Matins instead. Is that, does that mean I'm good? <laughs> I don't know. We're Lutherans. <laughs> yeah. I have no, I've never been to a confession, so I have no idea how to make this work. Oh, you've never been to confession? No, I've never. <gasps> not. not wah, see, wah, listen. Wah. Listen. Catholic confession, which I guess is what we're mimicking, right? Uh, uh, somewhat. Well, you know, the echo and all the stuff. I mean, that's, oh, we don't yeah. have a vestibule that you go to, you sit in, and you don't know who's in, and the other person, unknown, supposedly anonymous, yada, 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 except, except, son, I do recognize your voice of Father Flanagan. I know who you are in most neighborhoods where your kids are coming in to confess and Father Flanagan knows who they are. Yeah, okay. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, unless you live like where I live, and they, all you have is a bunch of stout old German priests. Oh, I have no idea what that would even sound like. <laughs> Probably a lot like a Lutheran priest, but you know. How does the How does this meme go on the internet? It goes it says um, <coughs> something like uh, says. Remember to tell those you love before it's too late how much you love them but also scream it at them in german because life is confusing and terrifying at times 
Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you don't think that's funny? <laughs> I, I, I mean, in an, ir- <laughs> in an ironic sort of way, I suppose, yes. Silly yeah, speak- <laughs> Speaking of uh, screaming in German, did you watch the Luther movie over Reformation Day? Okay, which Luther movie? Uh, I watched the new one. I don't have the, the new old one? one. Oh, okay. I've I've seen both both of them. I have the uh, the new Luther movie up on the shelf here, and I've used that. I've actually used clips from that in uh, Radical Grace Radio. Um, every oh, time, okay. Every time we have a, a Reformation Day show where we want to talk about Reformation stuff, we've done so many of them now that you know I think it's been like over a year since we've actually done one. Because if people want to hear us do a Reformation Day show, they might as well go back and listen to one we've already done. And, yeah, that makes and, sense. Yeah, and I take clips and stuff like that from it from it all the time because there's there's some good useful stuff in there. The only thing yeah. I don't the only thing about the Luther the new Luther movie is it doesn't make a big enough deal out of the the actual discovery of the gospel. There's it, it's implied in there. And there's some good stuff, some good gospel stuff, but it's nothing like whenever Luther writes the word alone in the original movie, writes it yeah. in their faith alone, so that you know it's kind of makes that word the flashpoint of of a good portion of the story, so that you know somebody, so that the audience has something to hang on to. So this is the thing that's got everybody up in arms. This you know, and he, if he recants that, then it's all over. You know, that's where the drama is. And that's really yeah. is where the drama is. The, you know, the gospel really is about grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. You know, all these alones is what drives people crazy, and, and that's good because the gospel needs to drive people crazy. It starts there, and before long, that starts to change how they think. Which I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about on the backside of the show today. Is that what we decided? Um, yes, but you know, first we have to talk about the contact info. Yeah, well, why don't we do that? Um, why don't you do it this time? I've got it memorized. Okay. I want to see if you've got the, it memorized. Okay, this, is this like a, a catechism review or something? Yeah, I Contact guess. info review? No, it's just so, a podcast-y thing, radio-y oh, thing. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if if you would dare to contact us, maybe, maybe that's a good way to put it. But there's but not much dare. danger in contacting us. No, go, there, there's not. <laughs> We have to put it up as a dare because no one seems to, to want to email us for some reason. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, um, we don't have a lot of listeners yet either. But then again, we've been true. having the hosting problems. But eh, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get that worked out yet. So We we will. So go ahead. But email. You can con- email. You can contact us at uh, www.gmail. <laughs> wow. You can contact us at angelrepairjuicepc at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook or join our Facebook group, Angel Repair Juice, or you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at ARJ Podcast. Very good. Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail.com. By all means, send us an email there. We don't bite. Um, we don't, I don't know, all those things that we usually say. Why don't we, therefore, let me see if I can find my notes. Why don't we, therefore, just go, before we run out of time, we've run long so many different times over the last few weeks, why don't we go ahead and do, I think we're calling it the anime fire hose now, fire hose round hup or something like that. Something something like <laughs> because that. Because you you, basically you get three hours of, of anime inside of 12 minutes. So why don't we go ahead and let that roll. <laughs> Saitama wakes up from dreaming, screaming, Don't come to me to play rock, paper, scissors with a booger on your finger. 
Now, that was weird. However, Saitama awakes to find the city under attack from a group of young people calling themselves the Paradisers, led by a B-class criminal named Hammerhead. They've stolen high-powered battle suits and intend to bring about a utopia where the lazy people don't have to work by force if necessary they'll bring this about. At first, Saitama isn't interested in doing anything about it until he learns that all the Paradisers shave their heads, at which point Saitama loses his cool. When the Paradisers try to destroy the headquarters of the richest man in City Z, they're confronted by the brave but stupid Moomin Rider, uh, the bicycler for justice, he calls himself. Yeah, I know, that's ridiculous. Moomin Rider goes down, but it's up to the rich man's bodyguard, Speed of Sound Sonic, to protect him. Sonic is a modern-day ninja who, with his lightning speed and katana, makes short work of the Paradisers. However, Sonic mistakes Saitama for a Paradiser due to his bald head, and even though he tries to confuse Saitama with his speed, Sonic avails not. But Saitama is uneasy, for he has realized something awful. No one knows who he is. What's a bored superhero to do? Well, he can apply to the local hero organization and take the superhero test like joining a union? On the latest episode of Young Blackjack, feeling dissatisfied with his own abilities as a medical practitioner, Yabu decides to leave Japan to practice medicine in Vietnam. Izama decides to go after him. His liaison, his liaison is a reporter who had been in contact with Yabu a week prior. On leaving the restaurant where they met, it happened upon the execution of two civilians by the Viet Cong. The reporter tells Hizama that the life in Vietnam is worth no more than a pebble. Two then meet up with an American military sergeant who plans to escort them to the town the Yabu has relocated to. However, on their way, they are attacked by the Viet Cong. When one American soldier is shot in the throat, Hizama jumps into action. He rushes into the crossfire, grabs his suitcase, and begins to operate on the fallen soldier. Just as he finishes stitching up the incision, a gun is placed to his head. They've been captured by the Vietcong. For fast-paced action and excitement, tune into part one of Young Blackjack, Vietnam. And in this week's Lance and Masks, Sai, the girl who thinks that Night Lancer is a pervert because he wears a mask, is kidnapped by Yuyan, who has watched as his boss was defeated by Night Lancer at the airport two episodes ago. He has revenge on his mind, intends to lure Lancer out in order to kill him. However, when Lancer confronts the troubled boy, Yuifeng intervenes. Yuifeng had been rescued by Night Lancer in the last episode, and now calling him Papa resolves to return the favor. But in her zeal to kill Yuyan, she winds up wounding Lancer, who has himself resolved to help redeem these children from their previous lives of crime. Yuifeng herself is nearly killed by one of the other knights in the Knights of the World, but the wounded and bleeding Lancer steps in to stop the execution, and Yuifeng escapes. Later, Makio finds Yuifeng lost in the woods and remorseful for all that had happened, and she decides to bring Yuifeng, a total stranger to her, home to the mansion where Yotaro and the rest are currently living. In this week's episode of Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, Tekadon works out a plan to smuggle Ina Bernstein to Earth. However, Toto is not happy that Tekadon has decided to so blatantly fly Gallahorn, and he appears to be up to no good. Meanwhile, Mikazuki takes Aina to Biscuit's grandmother's farm to help harvest crops. 
Iraq and Garohorn officers, McGillis Farid, Galileo Aduin, travel to Mars in search of Anna Bernstein. However, their plan is interrupted when they almost run over Biscuit's sisters, Cookie and Cracker, with their car. They're greeted by Mikazuki, who grabs Galileo by the throat and suspends him in the air. After being scolded by Biscuit's grandmother, Nico lets him go. Ina's advisor pulls her into the cornfield, where they hide until the officers leave. McGillis takes notice of uh, Mika's whiskers, that's the man-to-man interface that enables him to pilot Gundam Barbatos. After the encounter, Mika returns to headquarters to find that Orga has removed the Chrysgard security's emblem and has replaced it with Tegadon's own. In this week's Anti-Magic Academy, Otori has decided to investigate the murder charges against Mari for herself, and what she finds is Mari has indeed been framed for the murder. In the meantime, the tournament continues as the 35th Test Platoon takes on the 15th, but the battle is interrupted by the Valhalla Necromancer, who says he's there to save Mari. When the Necromancer removes the spell that blocked Mari's memory, she remembers that she used to live in a Catholic orphanage before Valhalla got hold of them. The Necromancer admits that he did indeed kill all the children in, in the orphanage and framed Mari for the murders of the Academy students sent to investigate. When Takeru refuses to allow the Necromancer to take Mari, a battle between transformed swordsmen ensues while Mari crumples from the guilt of having allowed the children to be killed. Mari casts a spell, knowing full well that if she does, she'll be killed instantly by the restraining band around her neck, and she misses. I'm not spoiling this one, folks. Go watch Anti-Magic Academy now. On this week's episode of Attack on Titan Junior High, Sasha has failed her midterms and will have to take a refresher course at cram school. Over the summer, unless she can pass next week's makeup exams, she enlists Armin's help, who explains algebra to her um, using food analogies, because apparently that's the only thing that uh, can help her understand algebra. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the scout regiment, Auro states that he has also failed his exams, but he seems to be completely infatuated with Levi and is constantly imitating him to the chagrin of basically everyone else in the scout regiment. And we also discover that he even has a Levi poster hanging in his room, which is kind of creepy. But he does all this rather than focus on his studies. Meanwhile, Hange is having problems with Levi, and Levi refuses to buy her lunch. She's having money problems, by the way. I misread that. And it is revealed that all of her funds are going towards feeding the two titans, Wani and Bean, that she has locked up in the school's biology classroom storeroom. Levi gives her a bag of dog food to feed the Titans with, which she promptly begins to munch on. The next day, Sasha takes her uh, makeup exam, but I can't stop thinking about what foodstuffs to place into the equations. And not surprisingly, she fails again. And that was... The Firehose Anime Roundup Recap Thingy! <laughs> You know, one of these days, one of these days, we'll, we'll figure out what to name that. Yeah. <laughs> that show, that Attack on Titan Junior High. Don't you just love how this kind of plays a little bit into um, what, the, the way we're going to be talking on the other side of the break. 
You know, think of, think about this show. You've got this this story, Attack on Titan. It has you know lots of serious themes and lots of of you know various imagery that kind of sticks with you. And this Attack on Titan Junior High takes a lot of that and makes it into something completely different. You know, gives it all a whole new spin, a whole new meaning. <laughs> And that's why it's funny. It's it's a it's it's a comical way of doing the kind of thing that we're going to talk about on the other side of the break. Yeah, definitely. You, you okay there? You, you, you. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I'm. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'll be all right. I can do this. I can do you, it. I you know I, what? <laughs> in my current state, I'd be an awesome um, Russian Orthodox uh, chanter. You know, a, a cantor. Yeah. Time to go to the break. I can, I, can hit, I can hit all those low registers now. All those low registers. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, um, there's, uh, there's this guy someplace out there who can, who, he can sing the lowest notes. He's in the Guinness Book of World's Records for being able to sing the lowest notes that a human can sing. And it's like ridiculously low. And, mm. uh, there's there's a way that you can get there, but you have to have like laryngitis just after the flu, because oh, okay. because uh, I don't know if I could have beat him on the on the world's record or not, and I wish that I'd recorded it, but I could hit the same notes that he was. <laughs> but then again, the way I'm talking right now would have been down like this though, because I was like yeah, that for yeah. about a week. I, oh okay. yeah i was known as on radical grace radio i was known as matthew the whale for for a week because <laughs> because it got on there and this is the way it sounded it was greetings and welcome to another edition of radical grace radio <laughs> and people are like man you sound bad I'm like, yeah. yeah you know what i feel bad it's a matched set <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm making myself myself sick just thinking about it Oh, just just trying to talk like that. Oh, uh, yeah, the, so I feel bad for you, you know. Well, this you know this will probably go down as the most interesting and exciting episode of Angel Repair Juice to have ever been recorded. Why? Um, I don't know. It just seems like we're, um, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're yeah. I, I was being sarcastic, but. You know, oh, okay, who, okay. Well, who, it's hard who, to follow up, you know, doing like like you know having Ted Geezy on. That's like we did that is very week. true. So that's very true. So there's a way in which you know, I mean, you can't follow that up, but uh, you can follow it up, but you can't follow it. You know, you just yeah. have to do whatever's coming next. You know, so I mean, it's it is what it is, folks. If you think podcasting is easy, just give it a try. <laughs> Turns out it's not that easy, is it? No, no. Not 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 if you're going to have content because I've 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 heard lots of shows that don't have content. They just have these guys sitting around talking. And as interesting as that can be, um it'd be interesting if they talked about something. <laughs> Cuz you know, and that's what <laughs> and that's what you kind of strive to do and and besides which you want to you you want to whenever you do a show, you want to do things like, you know, like a like a an anime fire hose here you know if 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 at some point somebody might say huh that's that would be interesting to to listen to see like for instance this um one punch man 
there's a little bit of social commentary on there because one of the things that the otaku have going for them is they're they're seen as lazy. They don't want to get out and work, you know. And that's what these okay. paradisers are. You know, they're they're saying that you know if we want to, we should be allowed to to not work. And you know, you can just give us money and food and like you know don't don't let us starve and all that stuff. But we'll just you know people who want to work they can work and people who want to be lazy they can be lazy. That that's their idea of utopia. Of course, so basically, they're Americans. Eh, well, there's there's more to it than that, but I'm just oh. saying what's in in the thing here. But the thing is, is toward the end of it, Saitama says, "See, here's here's a power that Saitama's got. He he, and I look back in other episodes, he's done this too. He says he is sort of like me, or I'm sort of like him. You know, so he's got this hammerhead, and hammerhead sort of got this bullheaded thing going on about him, and Saitama recognizes himself in this in this person." Doesn't destroy him, you know. He like hits him just right to destroy the suit. The suit flies all over the place, and of course now this big muscular hammerhead who's like got a thick skull and can't really think his way out of a paper bag is standing there naked, you know. And he's like, "Oh, okay," you know. <laughs> he's like, "Okay, yeah, you see now, now you can go home," you know, and it lets him go. You know, he's not going to like do anything worse to him than than that's the thing about. Saitama's boredom, you know, you got to bring it or else he's not going to really, you know, he's going to be sort of like, yeah, yeah, you go home. I'm just, that's what, that's what he tells Sonic. You know, Sonic is busy bouncing around, you know, using this high speed and he's saying, see, now you can't see me. You have no idea where I am. I'm so fast. And then he's coming at him from behind and Saitama turns around staring right at him after all of this zooming around staring right at him and says can i go home now <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like you're not really a, this is not a, a match here this is you know why don't you stop you know before you get creamed which he did which you can still watch it and i still haven't spoiled it even though i just told you what happened quote unquote i still haven't spoiled it trust me <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny I believe you. <laughs> it's a funny show. It's just so much going on in each one of them. Each episode is just crazy. Yeah, I think that um, that's kind of how my shows are. I think that's probably how a lot of these shows are in general. Um, in the fall season, they're very um, they're densely packed. They, they are, um, with, with with the exception of Gundam. I'm finding, and, and Gundam is being true to form in that. Uh, things move slowly, and, and, I, and I'm finding that you really there's no big clear picture emerging. And granted, it's only five episodes in, but usually by five episodes in, you get a you get a an idea of the bigger picture. And I'm not really getting that, but it's still good. Um, it, it is still good, and it's like I said, it's starting to pick up some. You're starting to maybe get a get a grasp on what's going on abroad you know the the main plot point well i've seen but, some shows i've seen some shows take up to seven episodes before they turn you know yeah, there's there's I, there's uh you know the premise is there and with gundam it's kind of easy to figure the premise because it's already been established you know if you yeah. put the if you put the name gundam in the title yeah someone would have to have been rip van winkling under a rock someplace in zimbabwe for the last 30 years to not know what that means uh, how? Yeah, that's crazy. What I just 
Yeah. I'll have to listen to that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rip you may Van, want to. Rip Van let me see if I can recreate that. Rip Van Winkling under a rock in Zimbabwe in Zimbabwe. <laughs> what? Yeah. What okay, never mind. So when we get back on the other side of the break, um, we're gonna talk about meaning because um, I I did get um, somebody just asked a question, said, Yeah, I listened to that. It's actually somebody um, local here who was wondering about it and said something about how can you get meaning out of that like that. So that's what we're going to talk about on the other side of the break when we get back with more Angel Repair Jews. Stick with us. Hi, this is Trina Nishimura here at Indiana Comic Con and you're listening to Angel Repair Juice. pc at gmail.com i'm used to doing it at the bottom of the hour angel repair juice pc at gmail.com send us an email there if you'd like to get in touch with us on facebook my name is matthew pancake he's henry volk on facebook you can find our group on facebook you can find our page on facebook and you can find our twitter account which is angel a r j podcast that's on twitter you can find us so yeah now what is it oh Go ahead there, Matthew. Oh, well, I was going to come back and say, you know, we were going to talk about meanings. And I had a little bit of a discussion with somebody who's never watched Monica Magica. We talked about that last week, but listened to, you know, what we were talking about and went, oh, that's really neat. But, you know, what if that's not what they really meant to have in the thing? I mean, it is Japanese, right? And I said... Yeah, and I and I agree with you. There there are a lot of ways that you can interpret a lot of those things that I said in there. But I'm a Christian, and I don't think there's one thing wrong with me saying that, you know, this is mostly or at least the back half of that is mostly a retelling of the gospel in a in a way that fits the context and the tropes of the magical girl genre. Done. You know, and I don't I don't have a problem with that. And if somebody else wants to come along and say, well, I think it means, good. 
that's that's fine. At least you're thinking. You see, um, on um, I, I keep doing this, but that's because we're starting this uh, thing again on. Um, I can get these names mixed up. Radical Grace Radio, thinking with the mind of Christ, you know, because St. Paul says that we have the mind of Christ. You know, we have a transformed mind at that. You know, it's trans, you know, transformed, renewing of the mind. What does that mean? You know, is it a mystical thing or are we really thinking about things differently? You know, before you could watch one of these movies or one of these TV shows and just get excited about it because it was exciting. With the mind of Christ, you'll see other things in there, see other meanings. Um, they may not be intentional. I don't have a problem with somebody saying that, yeah, I see how that's, that's could be interpreted as like, you know, Jesus as as Christ, you know, um, I got, uh, a, just a, like a short list of just stuff from recently. Um, I think you added one there. I'm not certain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did. Um, but the one that I, the one that I wanted to do is where I put it up on the group, go on the group. I'd put up a picture, which is actually at the end of, of the show, Lance and masks, because in that, as soon as I saw this, I went, Yotaro, AKA night Lancer is wounded in the side. He, and he, it's because he leaps out to stop somebody else from stabbing another person, but he gets wounded in the side, and there's blood. They, they intentionally draw that he's bleeding in there. And, but in spite of what's happened to him, he stands up to protect the very person who did it to him. You know, we did it to Jesus, too. You know, it's not that you know, we're not culpable in, in the death of Christ. We're culpable in all of this because who... You know, who are we? We are sinners. We're in need of redemption. We're in need of a Savior, and there's only one that can do it, and he dies to do it. You know, and he does it in spite of the fact that I'm mixed up in it. You know, so it just leaps right out at me. You know, that's fine. You know, other people might say there's another way to interpret that. I don't have a problem with that, but what I saw was this through my grid and i don't have one one bit of a problem seeing it that way what um is that leading like you want it to into what you were going to talk about <laughs> henry no not exactly but um, not exactly <laughs> no i must but, be doing something wrong because i said it before and you said that was perfect and now i'm not saying it perfectly no no, no you're good you're good um you, you know if you think about um, your everyday life, uh, we're always interpreting things, um, whether it's the text of scriptures or our interactions with one another or bits of news. Uh, we always have to uh, assign a meaning to, in, to anything that we're told or shown. And the technical term for this is hermeneutics, or um, basically a hermeneutic is an interpretive principle that you bring to bear on a piece of literature or um, any sort of media, really. And so is there a sort of rule of interpretation for um, you know, watching an, uh, something like anime or a movie, you know, uh, and, and I think there is, you know, you do have a, um, a sort of first context, which is, primarily what the author or director or creator assigns to um, any given thing. But um, is any other interpretation but exactly what the author wants to um, 
how do I put this? Is is there any other valid meaning to to a thing other than what the the author himself expressly wants to to give to it? And I, I think there is, you know, or there are. Yeah, there's second order meanings. Um, yes, yeah, second order. We did a little bit of that in uh, um, a, a while back on the other show, on where um, we, we were talking about the mulberry tree. Um, it's one of those one of those strange little things that where Jesus says, you know, where um, if you say to this mulberry tree, "Be uprooted and planted in the sea," it will obey you, and you say to yourself, "Hmm, well." For 2,000 years, Christians have not been able to command a single mulberry tree to just be uprooted and planted in the sea. So we must be doing something wrong with this text. Um, but what was Jesus really saying about it? Well, it's almost as though he, he doesn't want anybody to know exactly what it was he was saying about it. So we said, well, what do we do with this? Well, what if what Jesus means by that is that if the tree is the gospel, and it's not just uprooted and thrown into the sea, it's planted. Here's something planted in the sea. If the sea is everything besides Israel, which you know Israel, the Israelites aren't a aren't a uh, seafaring bunch. Um, they see the the sea is like chaotic, kind of like the Gentile nations and all that stuff. Well, if you plant the mulberry bush in there and it bears fruit while it's out there, then huh? I, want, I wonder what that's about. Well, it yeah. sounds to me like what he means is. If you go and do this, and this is that kind of thing, it's like an image that shows that here is planting the gospel out here in the chaos, and it's going to bear fruit anyway. You know, that's the best that I can do with it. That's that's what I was trying to do is to say this is the best that I can do with that text, and I'm not certain that that's what Jesus really means. But guess what? It's still a gospel meaning. It's still something that sounds like it would belong in there, and. And I told people, yeah, that, you know, if if it's the best that you can do and it's not going to harm you, which I don't think it does either, you know, if there's chaos outside your door, go plant the gospel in it. <laughs> there's you, there's you an application, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if 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 your neighborhood's in chaos, go plant the gospel in it. Command yeah, it to you know, be uprooted and plant it in the sea <laughs> and it'll bear fruit anyway. <laughs> so, you know. I, it's it's. I think that that is the actual technical term for it is second order meanings. There's the first order meaning, you know that it's and and that's important. It's important to know what an author really means. It's yeah. it's, it's important to know that. But you know you can do other things with it. You know you as long as you're not off in the weeds. You know like like. Um, like how Lindsay does with end time stuff, where he he makes uh, the locusts, as they're mentioned in Revelation, to be Apache attack helicopters. Yeah, you know, well, that sounded cool at the time, I guess, but in hindsight, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably going off in the weeds, or well, you know, to these these, um, and of course, that's not a literal interpretation because. Um, but he although they it. would say he, he meant it to be, that's really, I don't even know what you call that, but, um, I don't either. I, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I think Anti-prophetic a good prophetic is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Well, there, there was a lot of prophets, but I don't know how prophetic it was, but, yeah. um, oh, yeah, but he, yeah. I, I saw what yeah, you did yeah. there. <laughs> nice little play on words there, but, 
But yeah, I, mean, I think a good rule to, um, and maybe I'm butchering this because I'm just kind of tired and out of it today, but you know, a first order meaning is is that which the text actually says. The second order meaning is, is that which is somewhat behind the text, perhaps um, a motive or, yeah. or, or liter- something behind it. In literary you know. circles, they just merely call it the subtext. Yeah. You know, you've got this thing that's underneath there, a kind of meaning that maybe they meant to have, maybe they didn't, you know. Maybe. Yeah. And and sometimes um if you if you follow any authors, sometimes they'll tell you, "Yeah, yeah, I didn't really mean that to be there, um but it does seem to be there. I'm fine with it." You know. Yeah. Stephen King's big on that, you know. He's he's, he's I, he doesn't mind if people reinterpret what he's he's written. He's he likes to write. You know, he likes it so much that, you know, he'll write through bad eyesight. You know, there was a time where he was going to retire because his eyesight was getting so bad. And did he retire? No. <laughs> he, he likes yeah. writing too much. So, you know, what are you going to do? You know, so he likes, if you want to call first order, second order stuff, he, he knows what it is he's trying to write about. Sometimes other people pick up things that he didn't notice. Um, yeah. I don't see one bit of some one bit of a problem with that. You know, though, I, I think an, an excellent analog for what we're trying to express here is the um, early apologists. Um, if you look at Justin Martyr um, in particularly, he um, has a lot of praise of Socrates in particular. But uh, in general, a lot of the early fathers were able to, to look at Greek philosophy um, in a very positive manner as uh, being useful and someone like Justin Martyr even has these ideas that Socrates um, somehow uh, had a a bit of light, I guess you could say, it was enlightened. Was enlightened, and uh, so it yeah. was enlightened to uh, some degree um, through philosophy. Uh, I mean, whether we would have um, problems with that or not, it's I don't know. But um, so I mean, they were they were able to engage things uh, and were forced to engage things uh, in their culture. But I think, and I think what really makes anime very interesting is that when we engage things in American culture, they um, we inevitably encounter like an American philosophy, um, whether it's just kind of like a pop culture. Um, philosophy or uh, sort of like postmodernism, and of course, you know, philosophy is is a is a very broad um, subject, you know, because it the, there's a philosophy of ethics, there's a philosophy of religion, um, uh, you can, there's metaphysics. Um, you have so you have all these different things that compound philosophy, and so it, with Christianity uh, historically, and I would say now. We kind of walk a two-way street. Of we're in, we're inevitably influenced by the philosophy of our uh, contemporary culture, and as well as the philosophies of past cultures, and we have to decide what in philosophies past and present is compatible with Christianity or opposed to Christianity. And sometimes that's worked out very well for us. You know, um, Aristotelian and Platonic philosophy. Um, has been very influential uh, throughout the history of Christian theology. Um, uh, but, you know, you look at some of the errors, like with, say, like existentialism, 
And you combine existentialist philosophy with Christian theology and you end up kind of getting some very weird uh, forms of Christianity or take uh, like Hegelian philosophy. So uh, that just always ends up horribly. But uh, to my point is that when we look at foreign media, especially Japanese um, media, is that we encounter a philosophy that's completely different from our own uh, many times. You know, uh, the way they view ethics, the way they view the world, um, uh, their, their metaphysical notions about uh, the world of spirits and, uh, and an afterlife. And all of that comes into play in these stories that they tell through uh, media. You know, whether that's uh, a traditional text that was written, you know, 500 years ago or a thousand years ago or an anime that streamed yesterday, you know. Yeah. And oftentimes what happens, though, is that we we don't recognize that in the first place and we bring our interpretive grid to it. We're, and whether people like to know this or not, they're doing it anyway. They're they're bringing meaning to what they're seeing regardless you know, I'm just exercising it a different way. What we want people to try and do is to exercise it a different way, not bar- bifurcate it and say, well, thinking to yourself, I'm trying to be neutral. Don't think that you're ever neutral <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. with any of this stuff. Don't ever think that. You're you're not. You know, and this actually reminds me of a discussion I had with a, a guy from Singapore and um, – not that I'm, I know a whole lot about the history of Christianity in China, but I, I know initially that you know uh, when Catholicism came to China, it was very well received. Um, uh, however, one of the main issues that the, um, that the church had with uh, Chinese culture in general was um, filial piety, which, at its core, I think filial piety is great. Um, it's this honor that. Uh, children give to parents, and this even this honor even extends to deceased uh, relatives and ancestors. The problem is, is that filial piety is inevitably connected in Chinese religion to um, you know, the cult of the ancestors or ancestor worship, and so you you know, you have this conflict with you have Chinese Christians who are uh, offering incense or sacrifices to their ancestors and. Um, Instead of working towards maybe a synthesis of um, perhaps the more positive aspects of filial piety, um, the Catholic Church just you know kind of said no, you can no longer do this, and that really struck a nerve with the Chinese people um, because this has been part of their religious and cultural traditions for um, thousands of know, years, yeah. thousands of years, yeah. and for and most of the of, world, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, I mean, for that reason, Christianity never took off in China, which to me is kind of ironic because if you look at uh, South American Catholicism, it is incredibly syncretic. Um, you have things like Santeria and Voodoo. Oh, yeah. and, and and while you know the, the Roman Catholic Church would officially um, reject these things, but uh, nevertheless, they, they were still very popular and perhaps kind of winked at. But but yeah, I mean, so so you have things like this um, when, when Christians and cult and uh, encounter ideas from other cultures and other religions. I, I think 
to do things tactfully, you, you have to look at uh, what is redeemable. And, and this is precisely what the church fathers did. And when you encounter a, any story, you have to look at, okay, what's redeemable? Um, you have to look at what's the point of this story, where are they trying to tell, and, and what do I see that's of value? Uh, and I think most times that, that you will be able to see maybe little bits of um, the gospel, I guess you could say, these uh, themes of redemption and sin and salvation, because uh, you know, these things aren't unique to Christians or Christianity. These are part of the human condition. You know, at, at some point, we're all going to feel this need um, this need for salvation, or we'll all feel yeah. our own sin. Yeah, the need um, for salvation grows out of people's need to atone. You know, I know I've done something wrong, so they try to do something to cover for that or to, you know, make amends. However, it is that you know, there's all sorts of different rituals that have gone on throughout history to to alleviate that that sense that people have that I've sinned either against my brother or against the gods, or and I need to do something. So, but but once they get to a certain point where they realize that there's nothing they can do, there's either despair or something comes along, and in that area, in that redeeming something. There's, you know, it's good to keep these categories in mind so that, you know, that becomes your grid to whenever you look at various narratives. It doesn't matter whether it's a Shakespeare play or, or as a matter of fact, anybody that's done studies of Shakespeare probably understands exactly what we're talking about because there's Shakespeare's first order understanding, but there's a lot of subtext, a lot of it's intentionally in there. And some of it is stuff that scholars have, have, over time teased out of the text you know that's a place where this gets done a lot and you know it's another example it's it's the thing that we should be you know mindful of we do in any way why not do it in a directed way why not think with the mind of christ whenever you are looking at you know whether it's a movie or whenever you go to see star wars now you want to understand it the way abrams wants it to be on the screen but more than likely you're going to see things in there that'll make you go oh Oh, that was cool. Oh, that was really cool. You know, look what happened. I have no idea what's going to happen in the movie. I've not seen it yet. <laughs> but but yeah. you're going to see something. You know, I, I can't imagine that it would be so off of the page as far as Star Wars goes that you wouldn't see those things in in there. You know, like years later, as a more mature Christian, you look at Ben Kenobi's sacrifice in the first first movie, and you can't help but think of you know you know this is what this is the thing that moment that kind of redeems luke cuz who knows how it would have really turned out if if obi-wan survives and it's sort of like this padawan learner thing that keeps going forward it might not have worked out very well at all well he really screwed up the first one so yeah, well <laughs> I'm just i'm just using it as, as part of the, I know, as part of I the know. mythos you know because because I because I, I there is a way in which you can take even those three movies that people wish didn't exist and kind of make them work in that framework. So this, uh, uh, 
So Miss, I want you to watch Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. See, now, now, like getting off the topic for a second, there was, and I think it's still out there if you dig hard enough, you can find uh, the Phantom Menace where somebody removed all instances of Jar Jar Binks from the movie. <laughs> and everybody that's seen it, I've never seen it, but everybody that's seen it says, oh, that's a big improvement. <laughs> just, just from Jar Jar being gone. You know, he's not there. <laughs> they just managed to cut him out of the movie. That's, I'd love to see how they managed to do that. But Did you did you see that um, trailer that, that they made called The Binks? Was it The Binks Rises or The Binks Awakens? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, well, they got great. this meme now that's running around with, like, Jar Jar's face in that uh, – in, in this yeah. – uh, this Sith wannabe, you know, the one that's in the trailer going, and I will finish what you started. You know, he's pointing at Darth Vader's burned up helmet, you know, and it's <laughs> Misa going to save you, Annie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he just won't die. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he won't die. Just, just go away, Jar Jar. No more Jar Jar. Yeah. How dare he do this to me? Anyway, it's... <laughs> Maybe we can get back on topic for a second. Um, yeah, <laughs> just a, just a little bit. I mean, you know, um, yeah. You know, and and before I like you know get too far off, um, I'd I I don't even remember if I mentioned this or not. Did did I talk about because we talked about it during the the break? But did I talk about it in the show? Uh, Whisper of the heart. The reason why I no, opened you didn't. up with the okay. Why why it opens with country roads? This this part of the thing is because this is an example of where people, where even the artists know that they're teasing out meaning that normally wouldn't be there. Um, they wrote um, one of, one of the points of the story is is that the the main character Shizuku rewrites several versions of country roads with new new lyrics and. The, the new songs that she comes up with actually can wind up informing the old one, the original John, Vin, Don, John Denver song. Um, okay. So so they have this, and there's there's actually a whole scene in there where someone entices her to actually sing the whole thing, and these other musicians join in, and it becomes this really interesting moment. Because here here is um, – I'm going to tease the meaning out, at my meaning out, after I talk about the artists, okay? Because – there's there's a moment in there where you see the uh, the boy who wants to become a, a violin maker, and note remember this is an animated thing, and you see him carving. He's carving the uh, the uh, the the neck of the of the violin, holds it up to the light, you know, blows the dust away, looks at it to see if it's plumb, and keeps carving at it. And then you realize that the artists can't have missed the fact that they are drawing. As an artist, another artist carving a violin. So they're drawing an artist carving a violin. Oh, okay. You know? So the 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 you know, like for me, I just have a subtext in there. It's not necessarily gospel subtext. Is to say that you know here you are learning about these meanings and kind of wishing that you were this artist, either one of them. You know. Maybe, maybe I missed my calling. Wouldn't it be cool? Because because it sort of makes it, you know, it's it's different from just saying here's a documentary about somebody carving a violin. Here's where somebody drew someone carving a violin, 
and it actually is makes it more profound in in your eyes to to see it is to say when i first saw it i thought wouldn't it be interesting Gram- my grandpa used to make violins for fun he wasn't a master violin maker but you know he made one you know and he used to you know carve me had all sorts of pieces of him here and there I actually finished one and i thought wouldn't it be cool to do that and i said see this thing did did that to me Right. And that I'm just using that as a way of, of talking about how these these meanings can be like piled on top of each other, you know. So gospel meanings can be there, and you know more than just that can be in there. Um, last season, Charlotte was on there, and you is the is the main character who has the power to plunder all of these other people who have these crazy supernatural powers. But he has this power to plunder them, which turns out to be that he can steal their power from them. And once he's done that, they don't have it anymore. But the power is something that really winds up destroying people. It ruins their lives, destroys them. They do bad things with the powers and stuff like that. So he has decided to go out into the world and find all of them and plunder their power from them. In other words, take their sinful thing into himself. You know? And, yeah. and the, the irony part that really I thought was really awesome was the last person that he finds, the last person that he meets that he has to plunder the power from, looks at him and says, I have no idea what the, what the power must be. So he does the plundering part and goes, oh, well, that would have been nice to have had earlier. This this little like 12-year-old girl has supernatural courage, which would have been hmm. nice to have had all along. Because he needed that in order to make it all the way to the end. And he's like this crushed and crumpled person by the time he gets to, you know, going all around the world finding these people and, and taking their sin away from them. You know, it's and it's like, oh, it's it's in there. You know, I just I just I, I can't help it. I, there Maybe there's a straight up Japanese way to understand this. That's not what I see. So. You got one there from Young Blackjack. I saw you you pipe you typed in there. Talk about that. Yeah, um, you know, I'm finding, and I and I thought this very much early on with Young Blackjack, but he, he's always willing to um, risk his life to save someone. You know, he's always wanting if he sees someone who's hurt, if he sees someone who's injured, he's always wanting to help them. And you know, obviously, it's can't say oh that's a jesus character i mean it's not really the case but you do kind of see this analog where uh, this analogy where he's always wanting to um help someone no matter the cost you know whether uh it could result in him losing his chance of being a doctor or in this last episode you know he could have been shot and killed he still runs out there to to operate on this guy and uh, if I remember correctly, on the first episode of uh, Young Blackjack, there's a scene where you see uh, Blackjack, and he's like being take like overtaken by these vines and these thorns. And you see him at one point; he has like a crown of thorns. Oh yeah, uh, and that was something I picked up on. Um, so I, of course, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything with that. Um, I, I figure if they do, maybe there's something there. Um, and if not, it was probably coincidence, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely some, um, I guess you could say Christ-like motifs there. 
Yeah, well, he's obviously a healer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so there's know. that. I mean, you know, and and you know, and and the thing about it is, is I can imagine young blackjack being, you know, something that's, you know, they're they're good at doing this. Um, these authors that that are over there, they're good at taking uh, things that are really could be seen as everyday things. Yeah, doctors are heroes. They do a lot of work over a lot of years to get good enough to be to be doing these things but you know that by itself as a story would be boring so 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 i went to medical school for 12 years 16 years yeah i went to (laughs) medical school for 12 years and i was an intern you know i had served my internship for two years and then i became a resident and then i became an attending and then eventually i went out and i became a brain surgeon and ran for president no you know eventually all that winds up I see what you did. That's there. a ni- yeah. That's a nice. That's a nice life to live. But would that actually make a story that people could look at and find meaning in that story? So you know, there's a reason why it would just might- take too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be. Well, there's nothing wrong with a long anime. Hello, Naruto. Hello, One Piece. You know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, long shows. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know how Dragon I feel Balls. about three. Huh? Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about a guy who's not going to medical school. I don't know how I feel about 300 episodes of medical school. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Although I did watch seven uh, seven seasons of Scrubs. Uh, yeah, but that's humorous. Yeah, so that's, well, that's, <laughs> it's it's a lot of things plus humorous. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, I mean, okay, we're on the wrong wrong thing now. But, yeah. But that's all right. That's okay. It's our show. We can make it mean anything we want it to. Yeah, you know, this is one of those was. things where while you're yeah, while you're listening to the show <laughs> trying to determine what the first order meaning of our show is, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> so so there you go. Well, this time we're actually going to finish at a decent time. Hey. Unless you've got something else you want to throw in there. I am all for decency. You're all for decent decent timing. This time will we we would be well that that's the thing is with with the little bit of editing that I wind up doing we're never right at one hour but it's pretty close it's pretty close this time fifty eight fifty eight minutes and fifteen seconds hey, so what do you think of that nice. okay so then while everybody's been you know hoping that they got something good out of our show I, that's what I yeah. always do because I want to encourage if there's you know if I've talked about um, in other programs that I've been on, you know, talked about doctrine, talked about devotion, uh, things like that. I think what I get most that I would want people to take from this one is encouragement. You know, not to not to say that like if your thing isn't necessarily anime and you happen to hit upon this particular program, at least take this idea that you know you don't have to just take what the world says that something means. At face value, if you see something good in it, something noble, something holy, then by all means, think on that. I think I've heard that someplace before. Somewhere. So, yeah, somewhere. So, my name is Matthew Pancake. And my name is Henry Volk. And you've been listening to Angel Repair Juice. Come back and listen to us next time with more of that anime niche, the niche of all times, anime from a Lutheran perspective, the niches. Good. The niche is life. We'll see you later. My afternoon, yeah.